0: fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a
1: huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and
0: computers, cause I am a huge
1: fucking nerd. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE.
0: Uh, The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course,
2: TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida.
1: From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a
0: goddamn debate. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Later today, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell button on my YouTube channel. Become a subscriber because when you hit that bell button, it's going to alert you anytime I upload any new content or go live. But later today, I'm going to upload the interview that I did with my former program director, Michael Sharkey from 1025 The Bone. He is now a podcasting coach. Uh, If you want to check out his website, yourpodcastcoach.com. And if you haven't done it already, go check out my reddit.com page. Uh, If you don't know what Reddit is, it is a web board or a forum where you can go and you can discuss and get your opinions out there, comment on news stories. But the Tuttle Daily Podcast Reddit forum, it's a place for the supporters of the show can go and and talk about the show they would they can post news stories stuff that they may think i might find interesting stuff they would like me to talk about if you want to go on and bash me or tell me how great i am it's it's open range i mean i'm not gonna deal with a bunch of racist and homophobic stuff but for the most part it's the wild wild west you guys go on say and do whatever you want to on the tuttle daily podcast reddit forum (coughs) maybe it's just because i grew up so close to the uh kennedy space center uh, i remember even back to the kinder or to kindergarten and the first grade going out every single time to see the space shuttle go up I, it was just an average everyday occurrence not everyday occurrence but you get what i mean that we would watch the shuttle and and i've always been interested in space I would like to find out how many of you people, that do you know even know what December 21st is? December 21st is going to be the Great Conjunction. Now, what I mean by Great Conjunction, this is going to be the closest that Saturn and Jupiter have been to each other in like years, hundreds of years since this last happened. And it's going to be... They're going to be at their brightest. They're going to be so close from our vantage point here on Earth. It's going to look like it's just one star. A lot of people, you know, I'm not a religious person, but a lot of people say this is the Christmas star. You know, the one that they talk about in the Bible, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the manger. Yeah, that Christmas star, the one that led the uh, three wise men to go find baby Jesus. I mean, that that was always a little weird that three old wise men were going to mark out to a kid. You know, they, they used to have a show called, well, they, they used to have a show called uh, To Catch a Predator here. How is that not like straight up like, oh, these three old dudes are going to check out baby Jesus? What were they going to do if Joseph and Mary was asleep? Were they gonna take little baby Jesus? Were they gonna do bad, really bad things to baby Jesus? Who knows? You know why? Why that didn't happen? Because of the Christmas star, and everybody thought, oh, it was, it was, uh, it was from God. The star, yeah, maybe. I mean, if there is a God and He made everything, uh, yeah. I mean, but no, it was just Jupiter and Saturn being so close to each other, and. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and a lot of you guys are like, oh, why are you talking about the Great Conjunction? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I am talking about the Great Conjunction. <laughs> I've been talking to my good friend, uh, Soul Brother Kevin, one of my best friends. Uh, started out in radio with him, and we talk a lot. We 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 do talk a lot during this pandemic, and I, and I'm glad to see him finally getting his health back after the kidney transplant. But I've heard uh, Soul Brother Kevin talk about this all the time. He always brings up black Twitter. And I'm like, "Ah, I mean, that's just a joke, right? But no, Kevin, he turned me on to this news story that relates to the Great Conjunction on December 21st. But like I said, I was talking to SBK, and he directed me to this chatter that's going on. I don't want any of you guys to think that this is a legitimate news story. I don't want you to think that I actually believe this. But it, I mean, if it's if it's true, it's going to be bad for all of my fellow Caucasians. But black Twitter now and it's trending. Black people are going to get superpowers on December 21st during the Great Conjunction when Jupiter and Saturn are at their closest. But. According to Black Twitter, Black people are getting superpowers on December 21st. Yes, Black people are getting superpowers on December 21st, 2020. It is official, according to Twitter user Lati Dot. Now, Lati Dot seems like a reparable news story, journalist. How did they acquire this information? We have no idea, but we are here for it. So I guess black Twitter just loves for people to just spout off anything. Uh, So, so, all right. So Lottie Dot writes on this tweet and this, this all got started trending. Now, do I believe it? No, I, I don't believe it, but you gotta, you gotta be honest people as Caucasians, it makes you a little nervous. I mean, what if it is true? I mean, I'll, I'll get to that. But Lati Dot writes, As black people genetically, we are stronger and smarter than everyone else. We are more creative. On December 21st, our real DNA will be unlocked and the majority of us will be able to do things that we thought were fiction. Learn who you are as people. They want to make us average. Okay, I mean, I, uh, I get that. I get that. I mean... Saturn and Jupiter are beginning closer and closer and closer. So I don't understand. I know a lot of white people are like, "Oh, that's racist." Why would they be saying that? No, it's not racist. Come on. I mean, I mean, we had Superman, white Superman, got his power from the sun, but African Americans are gonna get their powers from Jupiter and Saturn. I didn't know. I, I, I got to do a little bit more research there. There there has to be a correlation between Saturn, Jupiter and African-Americans. But now, like I said, this all was trending. One of the big debates is whether, whether most black people will become heroes or villains. Uh, and, and this is not me saying this. this. This is all on Twitter. One of the biggest debates is whether most black people will become heroes or villains. I honestly cannot call it at this point. From systematic racist to everyday uh, microaggressions, I am not sure how many will choose the path of righteous, righteousness. Some people might be ethical, uh, but some may choose the path of tyranny. Whichever path you choose, make sure you choose it well. The choices you make on the 21st may ripple the future forever. Okay, now I'm thinking that this is some type of really creative, Viral marketing for this big, like uh, this might be like Jordan Peele's like next like endeavor. I know he's been doing a lot of horror flicks, but why not get on get on the comic tip, the comic book tip? Yes. And how controversial would it be? Um, you know there there would still be white people to go see it. But what if on December twenty first, and if nobody has thought of this yet, I'm sure that they already have. From but you're going to see a script in the next year or two where it's going to be about december twenty first, 2020. You know, this year has already been bad. you can you can cover everything that happened during the year leading up to december twenty first. and then on the twenty first, you know, it, it's kind of fitting with all the George Floyd stuff, uh all the Black Lives Matter stuff, police brutality. How man, this script it, it writes itself. People that on December twenty first, African Americans, black people, they get their power. Uh, and and there's been shows that have been written about this. Uh, you know, a lot of the people are saying uh, during this <laughs> trending topic, a lot of people are posting it's because of the melanin in your skin, and they're saying since African-Americans have more melanin, that it's going to get triggered on December 21st, I guess from, I don't know if it's the, the gravitational pull or the magnetic field that Saturn and Jupiter are being so close together or the brightness. Is, is it the light? Because Superman got his power from the sun. So, I mean, maybe African-Americans are going to get their superpowers from Saturn and Jupiter. I mean, re- I mean who knows? Who, I mean, nobody can tell. And I know this is all ridiculous, people. I mean, I don't want you to think that I actually believe this stuff. But you got to admit, man, it, it it's a little, like, even if there's a half a percentage point that this could possibly happen, it would be so bad for us as Caucasians. It, it, just think about it. All the segregation. Whites-only bathrooms, whites-only water fountains, uh, lynchings. Uh, it, It's going to get bad. I mean, think about this. If African Americans do get superpowers, you know there's going to be one African American that's going to have the mental uh, capabilities, like, for example, a Charles Xavier in X-Men. He's going to be able to hear every single thought every word you say. And could you imagine, like, you're you're just sitting out there with your buddies uh, in the holler, and you're like, Hey, man, I, I heard a good old black joke today. You want to hear it? And then right before he gets to the punchline, his head explodes like you put an M-80 inside of a watermelon. That would be a, an amazing movie. It could be like that James Gunn, like uh, that that Superman-type kid. That ended up being evil. Yes, man. This it's a horror comic book mixture. It's a collaboration. And I'm telling you right now, I shouldn't even be talking about this because I know somebody out in Hollywood is listening to this. Uh my buddy uh J. Aaron Sanders did uh the, the garage movie. It's gonna be out really soon. I'm I'm sure he listens. I know he does listen. So Man, I could see this being a possibility. Maybe I need to make a tape of this show, put it in an envelope, mail it to myself where it's post-dated, never open it, and then I'm golden. I I mean, that does work, right? Or is that just some white trash legal advice that somebody's uh, weird, creepy uncle gave to them? (sighs) All right. Going to take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk
1: to an African-American or a minority.
0: Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is an interview. I, I've had some really great interviews this week. Uh my producer Vulture has been knocking it out of the park, uh scheduling these. Yesterday I, I talked to my former program director, Michael Sharkey, and then today uh a blast from the past, uh, somebody that that at the time it's it's funny. I and I, I want to talk to her about this, but a friend, I can a friend a good friend, Courtney Stewart, a licensed therapist, is on with me right now. Uh, Courtney, how
2: are you? I am doing well, and I'm so glad that we were able to reconnect after, gosh, twenty years.
0: Yeah, it's it, Well, <laughs> not not that much, but I mean, uh, it was like, you know, I think we were in our early twenties, uh, like, right. maybe like 2001, 2002, uh-huh. 2000. Three uh yeah. time time range and it, it's funny how you as you grow as a person you, you know you're a therapist as you grow mm-hmm. as a person uh those people that in the moment you're always thinking all oh, these people are going to be in my life uh my life for the rest of my life and then just when you least expect it, you're like oh my god where did they go what what did they do you know, man, I would love to catch up with them. Is that something you've experienced?
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like especially when you go through the different seasons of your life, such as being single, you typically have Mm. friends who are single, then you get married, you kind of bond more with people who are married. And then especially Mm. when, when you have kids, there's even a bigger divide, not that you can't maintain relationships with People Mm -hmm. who are not, you know, me and Jessica are still best friends. I've still got Mm -hmm. several of my older friends, but you have a different bond with people who are in different like life stages. So people in your, your life for, I think it's like a reason, a season or a lifetime.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure because everything you just mentioned is responsible type stuff. You know, when you have kids or you're dating or you're married, You want to hang out with those people. You know, I I've been sober for over a year now Mm -hmm. and and I kind of comparing it because, you know, people that are are self-medicating all the time, they want to hang out with other people that self-medicate. Because if you're hanging out with your clean, sober friends, it makes you feel like a big piece of crap when you're doing that type of thing. Yeah, I know. I know that's a big stretch
2: it's but it's true it's absolutely true because you will i mean regardless you will hang out with people who are on your same wavelength and that may be a healthy wavelength or an unhealthy wavelength healthy coping skills versus unhealthy coping skills and now misery loves company you know
0: now before we go any further i i want to get uh your mentions out of the way uh Give me a little bit of a background. Like, I, I know all of your information, but I mean, I think you're always your biggest champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, who better to explain about yourself and where people can check you out than you delivering the
2: message? Okay, awesome. So I am a licensed mental health counselor. Um, I'm going into my, I believe, 12th year now of being in practice, and I specialize in grief. Re- directly related to losing my mom uh, fifteen years ago, so mm. I started my practice obviously right out of grad school and decided that I needed to specialize in grief because I lost my mom actually four days before I started grad school and had to go through my healing process there, and so I started how, my it, practice.
0: It, can can I can I ask a quick question? Yeah. How how much does grief play into a lot of the mental health that our country is facing right now? I mean, is grief, does that lead to a lot of that?
2: Right now? Yeah, in this situation, because what you are grieving is what was so our life before, let's say February of this year, or March, mm-hmm. really of this year, you're grieving the things that you used to be able to do, like go to Target without a mask on or go to Disney or Hang out with your freaking friends. I haven't seen my friends for almost a year um, mm-hmm. other than on Zoom. And you're also another big part of grief is not just grieving what was, but what could have been. So we really have no idea. Are you talking our-
0: missed moments? Are, are you talking yeah. missed moments? Like mm-hmm. what, you know, what could have happened? You mm-hmm. know, I know a lot of people, I'm not trying to get too geeky or nerdy, <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about like split timelines. Like if this wouldn't have happened, then this would have happened. And then it would have branched out into a whole bunch of different things. And you, you no matter what could have happened, it, it's not going to happen because they're not around anymore.
2: Exactly. Well, yeah. And it's really difficult in this situation because everybody, I have talked to a lot of people who have actually had positive experiences, myself included, because of the pandemic, because you've had more experience and being with your family more, I was able to start working from home full time because of the pandemic. And it's kind of like a little creepy to be like, yeah, this actually made my life better, but in a way it did.
0: It has for me as well, too. And and I feel bad when I say that because I know a lot of people are going through bad times. Mm -hmm. I know I got you Uh, sidetracked. We didn't get to the part where where people can check you out. Do you have a website? People can find out more information about you?
2: Yes. So my website is healingwithtime.com. And I'm also over on Instagram pretty much every single day. Um, and oh, the- I check out
0: your stories every morning. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I talked about it that I um I haven't been a big coffee drinker in a while. And, and you making coffee in the morning, getting mm-hmm. ready to start your day. I'm like, oh, man, I miss that because I remember that. You know, because I'm 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 sober now. It's like at least let me have some caffeine or something. You know, and and it's like that one thing. And I was like, man, I'm gonna have to start making a cup of coffee now, just a little bit, working my way back into it.
2: Yeah, I I could not do the mom life without coffee. So yeah, I like to post that in in the morning just inspire because my Instagram started out as a way to promote my YouTube channel, which you know I'm no longer doing, and now it's morphed into a way to Uh, reach other people who are grieving and eventually start coaching because I'm going to be doing grief coaching in 2021. But you can find me on Instagram, and it's at the girl without a mom. And I'm just over there talking about grief and personal (laughs) growth and self care and all those fun things and inspiring people just be their best selves. Pretty much every day I try and get on there. Now,
0: I, uh, you, you brought up your, your, you have two daughters, right? now. I do. Okay. Now, was your, your mom was not around when your daughter or your daughters were born. Now, is, is that one of the other things? I mean, was that something that, that brought up those emotions again, you know, with, with the birth of your daughter's? They never got to know their grandmother. And, and, and if I'm if I'm getting into anything you don't want to talk about, I, I completely understand it. But, you know, this is stuff that people think about.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you can you can ask me anything. I, I okay. talk about this all the time. Um, yes. So there's there's this thing when you become a motherless mother or a motherless mm-hmm. daughter. So that's the first sort of grief role mm-hmm. I took on was a motherless uh, daughter. So you don't have your mom anymore. You don't have her to just guide you. And I lost her when I was 24. And in in your 20s, you typically start to get more of a friendship with your parents. Mm -hmm. And I missed all of that. Now, if you fast forward to my daughter's being born, uh, what happens is it's more like when they ask questions, they'll see a photo of her and you have to remind them like, yeah, you know, that's my mom and she died. And they're just finally starting to understand that. But it is hard because I'll have these. Moments every now and then where I'll just my breath will still get taken away because I'll say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's gone and she's missing out on all this. She's not. She didn't see me pregnant. She got to see me married. But a year later, she was gone. But she never saw that. She does not know my daughters. And that's one of those things that just. It's like one of those existential things where you're like, geez, I can't believe my mom is not seeing this right now.
0: Um, You, you, you talk about your daughter seeing pictures and stuff. And, and that brings me to my next question is, is there a right age to talk to your kids about that life and death? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, or, or can parents be too real with their kids? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like do, you, do you want to shelter them as long as you can, but mm-hmm. you also don't want them to be ill prepared for the real life experience?
2: Yeah, you know what, I think kids understand way more than we think they understand they pick up on what we're feeling and thinking and doing. So my youngest daughter is four. And Mm -hmm. recently, we lost my uncle very fast. He was Mm -hmm. diagnosed and then within a month, he was gone. And she was very close to him at four years old, she would go over there, he lived with my dad and my older daughter is not taking it hard but my younger daughter still to this day keeps coming up to me and saying i miss uncle Roy. and just that now it's right before-
0: weird that that right. that that is kind of fascinating that mm-hmm. the the younger of the two would pick up on things
2: mm-hmm.
0: quicker than the than the older and that's that's really really weird because you know with, everybody talks about when you're a kid you're a sponge you know you learn mm-hmm. things that's why when you're a kid you know, if you're, if you're in a multi-language type uh, scenario where one parent speaks English, the other one speaks Spanish, they're able to l- pick up two languages like no problem at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of makes a little bit of a sense.
2: Yeah, it absolutely does. So to answer your question, I, I don't think that, say, a two-year-old or even a three-year-old or I guess really even a four-year-old really needs to attend a funeral unless what- they really want to.
0: But what damage could be done if you do it to a younger child that's not ready for that type of stuff?
2: Well, so they absorb trauma. Well, they will absorb anything. So if you think about, let's say it's an open casket, and you show a two-year-old a dead person. I wouldn't
0: do that, no, no.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, that's not going to go over well. And if they see a, a really... Uh, expressive emotions or people screaming or crying, depending on who died, I think they'll internalize that and they don't have the capacity to understand it yet. So Mm. I think some damage could be done. However, I don't feel like you should shield the older kids from it either. If the kids ask, I want to go to the funeral, I say, go ahead and take them and ask, answer questions that they have.
0: I I've talked about this on my show previously, and and I wanted to say, I wanted to get your okay uh, because I I'm going to branch on, on to a couple of different things. This interview is uh, flowing like silk <laughs> sheets right now. So, but but what I'm trying to say is that um, so as a kid, how important is the early years to set people up in the future for for great mental health? in their their most important years where they're trying to make a life, make a career for themselves, try to meet that person to create a family. How much does childhood trauma play mm. into two people and setting them up for the future?
2: Mm. It's, it's so extremely important because just like you said, they are sponges. And even if there's not something huge going on, like major abuse or major trauma, Even if, let's say, a spouse has a bit of an anger issue Mm -hmm. and they snap, that creates a really unpredictable environment for that child. So they're going to grow up with anxiety and they're going to grow up always walking on eggshells. And that means they will be attracted to friends or partners who will treat them the same way. So they're going to repeat So they're looking for
0: that like father parental type uh, uh, icon per se
2: you do what's familiar. So look at it this way. Like you go, you migrate towards what you know. So that's why people don't change a lot. They don't change behaviors unless they really have to, because we know how it feels to feel this way. But if I change and make a a different, you know, uh, path for my life, it's scary. And I don't want to do that. You know this because you got sober. I bet it was terrifying to get sober. Yeah, it's horrible. So Um, we want to stay in the same comfy place.
0: No, I, I, I agree. Now, w- what needs to be done in our country for for our politicians, our, our, our citizens to start taking mental health, mental illness serious? Because I, I, a lot of people are saying things are being done, but I, don't, I still don't think enough is being done.
2: I don't think so either, and I don't know if that's a power thing where they just can't get or get the right people on board, but I think we need to talk about it more, and we need to normalize it more. Now, it's been way better since, you know, let's say in the '50s, when people were shipped off to these asylums, if they mm-hmm. displayed anything, it's a lot better. We see it in the media, we see it on television, everywhere. It's talked about. Uh, however, people are still ashamed. And people don't just get ashamed just because. So people are afraid to admit that they have anxiety sometimes or depression or that they have marriage trouble. And the fact is, if you have something going on and you're seeking help, you should be praised because you're making a change in your life and you're making better decisions to understand yourself.
0: No, I I, I agree with you. And when we talked, uh, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I talked about this is that especially uh being in the south it has a different type of stigma to it you know like when mm-hmm. when I was younger and and I started seeing somebody you know when when I first said my dad was like well, why can't you do, just be happy you know just be happy and and I'm not saying my dad's a bad guy I think you know just like with everything we evolve generation to generation and and I think people will start looking at mental illness as not like a, a, a sin or a bad thing like that. Um, and I, I think that will go away. But I, I do think, you know, especially men in the South, you know, you can't be depressed because it's, it's a sign of weakness.
2: Yeah, it, it does. And I think it's passed down. You know, your dad was doing what he was taught. And his dad was probably the same way in generations. So we inherit the not only the coping mechanisms from our ancient ancestors, what they had to do to cope is actually passed down through generations. It's called inherited family trauma. So what they had to do and what they had to deal with affects what we do and how we deal with things. And they just want us to be, they want us to be better than they were. Mm. And if they can encourage us to just, and they want also want us to see, be happy. And men, I think, especially they just want to fix it. You know, women are more emotional. We'll talk about it and you know, we just want to be like,
0: what do I got to do to yeah. flex my muscles to fix it or, or, mm-hmm. you know, be that uh provider.
2: Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And that's all coming down from, you know, the beginning of time when, you know, the hunting well, gathering and stuff, all of that. See,
0: see though, you know, like, um, I I talk to people about this and and people think that I'm weird, but I I think sometimes as humans, we forget that we are nothing but evolved animals. Mm -hmm. We still have that little bit of that, uh, you know, primordial ooze in the back of our brain that, that makes us want to go back to that animalistic wildlife type, you know, survival at the fittest, Mm -hmm. you know, kill or be kill. And, and, People people call me crazy when when I say that type of stuff.
2: Well, you could say that a therapist confirmed it because it's 100% true. I mean, we wouldn't know how to do half the things if it wasn't passed down to us, whether it's passed down just in, in our DNA or a genetics, or if someone actually just showed us how to do it.
0: Is mental health genetic? Like, like can, is it hereditary? Like, I mean, ha- has studies shown that if both parents are, ha, have dealt with mental illness, it's going to be passed down to their kid or is it, you know, everybody says baldness for men, you know, if you, if ever all the men on your mom's side, you know, had hair, you'll be fine. Uh, is there, is, has there been any studies like that?
2: Yeah, it's most definitely passed down through the generations. Um, now, it's not a guarantee. I mean, there are certainly people who I've seen who they've had uh, this long history of whatever it is, anxiety, depression, even schizophrenia going on, and they haven't yet. But you also have to remember that a lot of mental illness is triggered by something. So if you're so circumstances- in So you,
0: it, it's mm-hmm. already in you. You just have to have that like um, triggering factor to set it off or, mm-hmm. or, or point you in that direction.
2: Yep. Absolutely. You've got something or it may just come out on its own, you know, but normally I think that it's got to be triggered by something or you learn it. You learn that you cope with sadness by, you know, going and laying in your bed for three days because maybe mom did that. And then as that just keeps taking over, then you end up with the diagnosis of depression because you'll grab more and more of those symptoms. Um, So I think it's a nature and a nurture thing
0: i I don't want to pitch you on the spot, and I'm not trying to get like too political or anything but um do you feel like with the lobbyists and 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 big pharmaceutical being in the pockets of politicians and stuff do you do you feel like people are over prescribed medications when it comes to mm-hmm. mental illness i mean i I'm not saying all of them do it I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush or anything but in my case, I think that was one of my major problems.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I think the problem is that people want a quick fit. They, want, they don't want to always do the work because to recover from just the basic anxiety or depression, I mean, mm-hmm. leave trauma behind because trauma is really hard to recover. Just to recover and get through anxiety and depression is hard. And they don't want to do the work a lot of times. Some people do. But I will say that my clients, the majority of them are higher functioning. So they come to me oftentimes and say, I want to deal with this, but I don't want to have medication. And I always tell them that's not my first uh, avenue, never, because I know what happens when you get our medicine.
0: But there are some people that do Mm -hmm. need it, right? I mean, you're talking about severities Mm -hmm. of of different types of you know, classes and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I get it. Some people, they really do need it. But I yeah. also think that there are some people that can work through their problems without needing it. I used to be that person. I was that quick fix person. Mm-hmm. I said, give me whatever you need to write for me. I will take it. I don't care. But when you get on them, you do not realize the side effects. Like they're so subtle that you don't even realize. And, and and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but my sex drive was completely, completely nothing. It was absolutely mm-hmm. zero when I was on all of those medications.
2: Yeah, there are side effects. And the scary part is some people have zero and some people have a ton. And then the other side of that is the withdrawal. If you run out of your medication, yeah, yeah. I mean, antidepressant withdrawal, I think is horrific and it then you have worse, to deal with the symptom
0: it was worse getting off of the three uh mood stabilizing drugs that i was on than it was to quit drinking
2: oh yeah i can believe it
0: i was in bed for like a week and a half
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i just i had no motivation i was just completely trained um now something i do want to talk about and and i know people listen i do i I like to do shows that are uplifting and stuff, but i I like to do these type of shows every once in a while because this this is something that's very important, especially in the times we're living in right now. People are not used to being uh because we're very social as people I mean we're naturally social, and you know I was reading an article how they said the gen Xers the gen Xers are the most prepared pandemic we had to take care of ourselves. they called us the latchkey kids we you know sometimes we uh didn't see our parents until after we ate dinner and then we'd do our homework and go to bed. so I think this is something that's very timely and important getting to the pandemic um are you what are you seeing what what is being discussed uh, uh, what are some of the things that people are having to deal with
2: so Most of what I see, at least in my practice, is just a lot of anxiety. And it's not necessarily a why though.
0: Are there are they afraid to get sick or is it anxiety? Yeah. Is it anxiety of, oh, I'm missing out because I can't see my friends or, Mm -hmm. or or stuff like that?
2: Being going stir crazy. And then if you have kids, you're worried about your kids and you don't know back in, you know, when we had to make decisions about school, you didn't know what to do. If I send my kids to school and they get COVID. And is it going to be my fault? And then I'm going to feel guilty. But if I don't send them to school, I'm going to go crazy. So we had parents in that. And it's it's a low level of anxiety. It's not anxiety where people come in and they're like, I can't handle my life. It's a low, always there anxiety, because we don't know what's going to happen. So it's an anticipatory anxiety, which I feel is worse than just, What we call it, normal versus neurotic anxiety.
0: Is it the waiting that's killing people? They're like, all right, what what else is going to happen? This Mm -hmm. year has been horrible. You know, we've had this and this and this. This person died. You know, we we got the riots, we got the the police brutality and stuff. What else is going to happen? Is is or is just people the anticipation of what else could go wrong?
2: Yeah, exactly. What else could go wrong? And then also the constant let down of you know when it started it was oh we're going to have a two week you know quarantine and then it's going to be over no then this has turned into I what didn't... an entire year
0: <laughs> yeah i never thought it was going to be over with that clip. like i mm-hmm. i was prepared for the long haul on it mm-hmm. now without people you know checking out your site or or wanting to get a consultation what are a few tips that you can offer people that that you know things that they can do to, to help themselves?
2: So I recommend for people right now, especially since there's so much out of our control is whatever, wherever you are in life to find a few things, handful of things, maybe five that you can control in your life. And it could be something as simple as what I have for dinner or when I, you know, clean my home, like any of the things that you can put back into your control, do it. Also, you've got to do daily self-care. I don't let any of my clients get away with not doing daily self-care because if you're just give me an example.
0: This, give me an example of daily self-care. Okay, know, what, so uh,
2: spend five minutes at least, minimum, every day doing something that you like to do. Something that brings you comfort, something that brings you joy, something that you're passionate just Something about. to
0: decompress, you know, you can get mm-hmm. away and take your yep. minds off your problem.
2: Yeah. That's why I wake up at 5 30 every morning. I don't have to be up at 5 30 but I need to be up for my personality and I need to have quiet time before my husband is up. And before the girls are up, I mm-hmm. get up, I do my coffee, do my social media stuff, do my devotional and read, like read for pleasure. So anything that you love doing, just devotional, do five it, minutes. It,
0: it, explain devotional, like what, what, you know, for the people that might not know. What oh,
2: Okay. Need- so I have this, uh, it's like a daily devotional. So every day you'll read like it's a Bible, like a religious thing. So. They'll do, they'll give you a little lesson on like this one. Mine that I have is focused on moments of peace for mom. And okay. so it's just talking about things you can do to lower anxiety and get more peace and quiet in your life and just kind of be a better person. And then there's a Bible verse that goes along with it. That so was raised Seventh day Adventist. So now,
0: you, you mentioned your husband. I, yeah. I know your husband. Can I, can I say his name? Is sure. that okay? Yeah. Uh, Theron, I I know him. I I knew both of you guys back in the day. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the difficulties, you know, in relationships and marriages, some of the stresses and stuff that could be going on, especially with things not being as great as they are, maybe a lot of people getting laid off from work or you know, you know, the great thing about relationships is when you're working, you get that time apart. You're doing your own thing. You're working for a common goal, but being around each other. Yes. It's your loved one. It's your, your partner. Sometimes it, it, it wears on or, or, or am I just being crazy by saying that?
2: No, you're absolutely right. Because we, you know, most couples can't be together all the time and enjoy it. That sounds really crazy, but most couples can't, say, run a business together and really enjoy it. Some can, some can't. So I think really, yeah, the financial stress that some people are experiencing, finances in a, in a normal world are one of the main things that cause arguments and cause divorce. So financial strain, one or both of you experiencing extreme anxiety or depression because of this and not having good communication about it, not saying, I had a rough day, can you help me decompress? I had a rough day. Let's talk about it. Or can you take on more of the responsibility? But but let but let me
0: ask you this though. What if the one side is having a lot of bad days in a row? You know, like you know, my bad days are like at kind a of four to one ratio of yours. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's gotta wear on the person that's getting to have only one out of every four you know, bad days. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what do you say to that person?
2: So for that person probably needs to get into some counseling because then you can have that outlet and figure out how you can deal with your stress because your stress is unique to you. And as for the partner, the Mm -hmm. best thing that I can tell anybody to say is if you see your partner or your friend or whoever having a big amount of stress and you don't know what to do, Simply go up to them and say, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Then let them tell you what they need and what they don't need. But
0: how? Okay. But you know, the main reason why people don't do, I mean, what you say is, is common sense. It's logical, but people don't like logic because they're afraid that they're going to offend the other person. Oh, what you you don't think I'm handling my business right now or, or, or something like that. You know, I, I also think that people are, don't like, cause I'm not that person. I, I pretty much say what's on my mind and it's, it's a great thing, but it's also ruined a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's also ru- ru- ruined a lot of friendships. It's also ruined a lot of work relationships. Mm -hmm. so it's it's weird it's kind of like we're damned if you do damned if you don't either way you are
2: yeah well you know what so so in that situation if you're if you come to somebody in a negative way or an aggressive way they're probably going to be aggressive back to you or if you if someone comes to you and says I'm I'm genuinely concerned about you and you bite back at them then that other person like it's no longer about that relationship there's something within you so you have to figure out where is this really coming from? Is this even about the pandemic? Or is this sort of a long standing issue that I never dealt with before the pandemic? And now I've got to deal with all of it, plus what the pandemic is triggering within me. So there's always something else underneath.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. See, because when you you sit down and think about it, it, it logically it looks like this whole mental health thing should be easy to figure out you know love each other treat others how you want to be treated you know don't be an asshole or a dickhead or something like that but we're not logical people sometimes we like to do stuff the hard way and now how much does doubt play into people's mental health you know like doubting themselves and stuff like that. I'm not, I, I hope I'm not tr- sounding like this motivational speaker or anything <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm not trying to be, but like, you know, uh, if I'm just looking at myself, like I said, I'm honest all the time. Doubt, doubt has played a lot of parts in, in my mental health.
2: Mm-hmm. So I feel like we have a real problem with self-esteem in this country, in this world. Because we're always playing the comparison game. So we may doubt ourselves because we're comparing ourselves to what somebody else has accomplished, or we're doubting ourselves because we're comparing our past experience to our present experience. And if we constantly live in the past and say, well, I can't achieve this, or I can't rise above this now because I didn't rise above it in the past, then you're living in the past. And there's no reason to live in the past. You have to live in now and say, well, what can I do about this now?
0: My guest right now is Courtney Stewart. Courtney, uh, tell people once again, if they want to check out your website, learn more about you, where can they go?
2: So you can find me at www.healingwithtime.com or on Instagram at the girl without a mom.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm just, you know, because I, I feel like you're going to blow up real soon. Like you're going to get real big, <laughs> not, not physically big, but you're, you're going to be like even bigger <laughs> than like a Dr. Phil or something.
2: Oh, but, I would love that. You know,
0: but, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, all right. So when you're, when you're promoting yourself, you don't have to give out the WWW just, just. Start. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, the kids nowadays, you know, uh, we're, we're in our, you know, 40s. <gasps> oh maybe, my
2: gosh. Know. That's so funny. You're right.
0: So yeah. You know, the older generation, we all like, oh, we gotta, if we don't tell them WWW, they're not going to be able to
2: find our website. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. You're so right.
0: So I'm just, I'm just trying to help you out on some marketing stuff.
2: I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Cause now, you know, we were around when like the internet first came out. See
0: now, and you're never supposed to ask a, a lady her age, but I mean, I think we're around the same age. Right? Yeah. I just
2: turned 40 in October. Okay.
0: Yes. I just turned 41. So I'm, I'm a year ahead. Oh,
2: I now. didn't know you were older than me. Okay. <laughs>
0: But, um, you know, we were in that weird, uh, wheelhouse where we were right at the beginning of the computers. Like, you know, we, we had computers in school, but we didn't have the internet and, and, Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this and this leads me to my last question because I, I could literally, I could say, I swear I could sit here and talk to you for three hours about, but, um, you know, we're talking, we didn't have the internet. How much easier and less confusing would it have been for us if we would have had like Google back in the day? now, you know, you can still get misinformation from the Internet. But a lot of the stuff that we learned about that our parents weren't willing to talk about as, uh, to us with it, it, we learned from our friends or in school and stuff. Um, wouldn't it have been much easier if we would have had something like that back in the day that we could have done our own research or is that a, uh, double-edged sword?
2: No, I don't like, uh, I don't love the internet and I don't love any of the social media that's around because I think it's a huge cause for anxiety. Hold on. I got a, I got a kid in here. Sorry. What's going on? Remember I told you you can't come in. Uh Oh, see? Hi. (laughs) Aria, Aria, hi Aria. Want to say hi to my friend?
0: Hi Aria.
2: Oh, you don't want to say hi? Okay. No, that's fine. (laughs) What's what's going on? The peas taste weird. Okay. Well, how about taking? How about taking? (laughs) How about taking three bites and then you can be done. One bite. Okay. You don't have to eat them.
0: Oh, see, that that's compromise. Yeah.
2: Good. Grief. God, yeah, this is what you I do.
0: Hey, you know what, though? It, it's I'm I, I don't want to say weird because weird. But seeing you as a, an amazing mother, like because and I'm not going to go into detail, but we did a lot of dumb shit back. Then.
2: Right. We had yeah. a lot of crazy fun times. Yeah, it is weird. Sometimes I but, think like, really, I'm a mom. I'm feeling like I'm too young. But does that, but does that
0: worry you, knowing what you did? Oh, I'm I'm age? worried
2: every, yeah, every day. Every day, I'm so scared of but when you, they turn into teenagers.
0: But you have to, like, like I said, I'm never going to be a parent. But I'm a very empathetic person, and and I'm able to put myself and other people to choose. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, I say, you know, that joke about guys, you know, guys, the, you know, Theron, you know, him having uh daughters you're like i know how i was when i was a guy at that age mm. the, the same thing goes for a mother that has daughters because you knew how guys were back then as well too
2: yeah and they're worse now they're so much worse and but the is internet there,
0: but is there a fine and i'm gonna get to the internet because uh, that that's one thing but is there is there a natural balance a fine line you have to walk Because if you shelter your kids too much, they're going to rebel. But Mm -hmm. because because when I was a kid, my parents let me watch pretty much whatever I wanted, to. but they always watched it with me. And if there was something that was, you know, questionable, they would explain to me like, all right, this is not right. This Mm -hmm. is not what you're supposed to do. Um, Is there that fine balance you have to take?
2: Yeah, because if you do shelter them, you're absolutely right. They are going to rebel or they are going to lead such a sheltered life that they will continue that and then they will miss out on experiences themselves. They'll be like an extreme introvert or agoraphobic or something. Mm -hmm. And if you just let them do whatever, then who knows what the consequences are going to be. So I think you have to exactly what your parents did. You have to let them have their freedoms inform them of what's going on and educate them and also let them know i'm not letting you do this because and it's not just like oh because i said so it's got to be like here's here's the risk and here's why i'm doing this and you got to get down on their level
0: My guess is courtney stewart courtney uh, something that's been coming up a lot is the internet right um and 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 i've read a lot about PTSD uh kind of numbing yourself. Um, because working in radio, um, you know, I I was an only child. My mom stayed home with me all the time. And and like I said, we were at the beginning of the internet. But you know, when you're when you're searching in news, there's a there's a lot of bad stuff you see on the news every single day. Everybody wants to talk censorship, but I I see a head poking out. Hello. Oh my god.
2: (laughs) So
0: so so what I was trying to say is that the real life stuff sometimes can be a little scarring as well, too. But back to my case, when I was first started working in radio, you're looking for news stories. You're looking for things to, to research. Uh, they can't hear this. Right. I, I just want to make sure. All right. I, I just want to make sure because. Like, I'm No, don't. Hey, don't don't stress about it. This is actually great. I like this kind of stuff.
2: There you go. Okay. I'm almost done.
0: Yes, Close the I door, promise. Please. I'll have you done in five minutes.
2: <laughs> They're okay. So, no. so no. the no.
0: reason the the reason that I was asking, I didn't want to want them to hear it, but like you know, working in news, one of the first like videos that scarred me on the internet was Daniel Pearl, the journalist. You remember back in the day? the one that was held kidnapped and they beheaded them and stuff. And I did not
2: watch that video.
0: I didn't watch it. I watched part of it, but you know, as it progressed, all the things that you see on the internet. Um, and, and I don't like to blame things like people want to blame violent video games on mass shootings and stuff like that. Um, but do you feel like the internet with everybody Because us as Americans, we live sheltered lives. We don't have to see the horrors that like other third world world countries do, uh, the atrocities and everything. Now that is at our fingertips as Americans. Do you feel like we're going to numb ourselves? We're not going to be compassionate Mm. enough because we're seeing nonstop ultra violence, real life violence. I'm not talking cartoon violence. Or, or animated or video game violence, this is real violence.
2: Yeah, I I don't think that any, any of this exposure that we are getting and this constant access to information or videos, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it can be extremely traumatizing. I think it's a, a very big trigger for depression, fear, anxiety. There's nothing good unless you search out something good.
0: I are not going to st- find it. 9-11, 9-11 was one of the most like videoed things. Cause think about this This was right at the edge of camera phones, videos on your phones and stuff, but it was still documented. And, and I, I was reading articles where people were actively searching and, and once again, guys, I apologize. I, I don't want to make this like a depressing show, but Like I said, every once in a while, these are things you need to talk about, but people would actively search people jumping out of the Twin Towers to their death because they didn't want to burn to death. Why? Why? What is the psyche? Why do people want to look at that type of stuff?
2: Well, I think it could be a combination of either, I've heard people talk about before how... When you get into a state in your mind where you are, your, your mental health is at risk mm-hmm. and you get numb, you need more and more and more to make yourself feel something. So it might be something is that kind of like a
0: cutter, like somebody that self harms.
2: It could be. Yeah. So you, you cut it first and maybe you might just scrape yourself a little bit to get those white marks. And then that really doesn't do it for you. So you do it again and maybe you don't. And it progresses. Time. Yeah. And well, and also think about tolerance in addiction, you do it, and then you need more and more and more to feel the same thing. And I think it's very similar when we continuously watch these things. Or maybe sometimes I think it could be the opposite where you've seen it and you're so traumatized, and you can't get it out of your head. And you're like, let me just watch it one more time. And maybe if I watch it, I'll get it out of my head, which that doesn't happen because it gets buried into our into our brain, we file it away. So and some people just enjoy it. I mean, that's a sad thing to think about. But some people enjoy seeing others in pain or seeing others in fear. That's what a, a murderer or a serial killer—they like to see the control they have and the fear they're inflicting on people.
0: Yeah, I am in my audience. I do apologize once again about you know this being a very serious show. But on on a side note, how are things with you? How is Theron, your your husband, doing? Like, uh, is everything going well?
2: We are doing well. I think that we have adjusted as well as we can to being home a lot with the two girls. I am loving working at home. My practice is fuller than it's ever been. So I'm getting the opportunity to help. So you've still been able
0: to work then you've been still maybe even more. You've been able to pick up more clientele Mm -hmm. right now. And, and, and I'm not saying that, that that's good, but people now like they I think they feel a little bit better like I don't have to be in the same room. I could be mm-hmm. on the video chat with them. So there's that extra layer of insulation.
2: Yeah, it's back. It's been really 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 good. Um I've been able to add an extra day of work because I'm home. I'm home more because I can just walk out of my office and be right there with the girls if I need to. So it's actually been good and my clients are arriving and I think I've become a better therapist. Doing online sessions,
0: yeah, Courtney. I I cannot thank you enough. I I thoroughly enjoyed this interview, even though it was some you know deep conversation, some serious conversation. I I like talking about this stuff. It it helps me. I think it helps my supporters, my listeners. Uh, and and I think it's good. And and I would really love to have you on again. Hopefully, you enjoyed this.
2: I did. I am so excited that we were able to do this, and I'm so happy that we're connected again. So, yes. anytime you just give me a topic, or we'll just come on here and do a whole variety. Yeah, there. I mean, man,
0: See, yeah, I'm because I I was thinking of these. I was already like, what 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 can we have talk about next? And now you brought up cereal and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't want to get too deep, but like, I I want you know i want to talk about cuz you know a lot of people want to and and i don't know how you feel and but uh, you know i i think the second amendment is important but a lot of people are like we need more laws on guns instead of doing that why are they not paying attention to the real problem because for somebody to do something as heinous as the pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando that person has to have some type of mental illness. I mean, yeah. would you agree? Or some people just are evil people. Like, are, are people just pure evil? Or do pure evil people do have some sort of mental illness?
2: I feel like there's got to be some degree of mental illness, or if it's not mental illness, extreme pain within them that they feel like they can't express any other way than to hurt others or have control or get the recognition because anybody that commits something like that is going to get a lot of recognition
0: but is it is it because they are in so much pain and they want other people to be on their level and they're trying to make themselves feel better in that way or they're just like if i can't be happy f everybody else you know
2: So I think it could be all of the above. I think it could be, I want to either make others feel the pain I did. I want to get recognition. So I feel better about myself or it could be a really extreme way to get out, you know, like release stress. You know, some people go to the gym. These -hmm. people go to an extreme level. They are on a different wavelength than you or I, or even, but even imagine being on.
0: Yeah. Courtney, tell people once again, before you go, how they can check you out and learn more about you like your Instagram, your website, how can they check you out?
2: Sure. So my website is healing dot com, and Instagram is at the girl without a mom.
0: All right, Courtney, thank you so much. And I'm so happy to be reconnected with you.
1: Tell Theron,
2: I said, hello. I will do that. Thank you.
1: concerns or do you just want to let tuttle know he's being a dickhead tuttle at gmail.com that's tuttle with two d's at gmail.com to follow all of tuttle's social media go to tuttle.net thanks again for all your support and we'll see you tomorrow on the tuttle daily podcast
0: hey yo terry what's going on